0: What are your thoughts when you sit down to write? If Jesus read your work, would he see himself? Today's episode will offer all of us food for thought when it comes to our writing habits and how they reflect our faith. Stick around. Your best writing life begins in 30 seconds. Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, I bring tips and strategies from writing and publishing industry experts to help you excel in your craft. I'm so glad you're listening in. During this episode, you'll learn if your writing habits reflect your faith. My industry expert is Diane Mills. Oh, I always love me some Diane. I'm just going to say that. Diane is a best-selling author who believes her readers should expect an adventure. And I will tell you, my friends, she delivers it every single time. Her titles have appeared on the CBA and ECPA bestseller lists, won two Christie Awards, the Inspirational Reader's Choice, Golden Scroll, and Carol Award contests. Diane speaks and teaches writing all over the country, and she is here with us today to feed into your life on your best writing life. Diane Mills, welcome, welcome back to Your Best Writing Life. Oh, thank you.
1: I love that introduction. I think we could just go home after that. I mean, it makes me sound so good. I just hope I'm able to deliver to your listeners what they need to reflect how their writing habits can show their faith and build not only their faith, but the faith in
0: their readers. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to do today, Diane. I will tell you, every time that we've had you on Your Best Writing Life, you deliver far more than what we could have expected. So I have no doubt Today, that through Father, through you, we're going to receive exactly what we need to have. Let's go into the content. The question is Do my writing habits reflect my faith? You have three additional questions you want us to ponder. And then we're also going to cover five tips to ensure our writing habits reflect our faith. So here's the first question that you ask us to ask ourselves. If Jesus read my work, would he say, well done, good job? Walk us through that, Diane.
1: That is a huge adventure and a journey in our faith. We, as Christian writers, are called to walk with God on a path. And for Jesus to say, well done, good job, the most important aspect, the most important trait we need is to put Jesus first. He must be front and center. He must have priority in our lives. When Jesus is number one, our father smiles and Mm. he is happy with us. But there's more to it than just having faith. You know, when I was called to be a writer and to write for God, uh, he didn't drop ship all of the tools into my brain. Uh, that didn't happen. I had to work at it. I had to learn the craft. I had to practice. I had books to read. I had writing groups to be involved in. It took time, it took effort. Sometimes it took a few tears. It took everything I had, but that is what writing for him is all about. We're giving our best to Jesus so that he can say, well done, good job. But Linda, there's more. Do you want to hear a little more? Oh, I'd love to hear more. Bring it, bring it, sis. Okay. Number one, it is not about the writer. It is not about me and and sweetheart it's not about you either it is about our father when we put god first that means we're putting our readers our listeners our followers they come first we are servants you you know the the story in the bible when jesus washes the disciples feet yes and Peter was, Oh my goodness. He was just a tad bit angry with that. Like my feet. No, you're not going to wash my feet. You're God. You're, you're the savior of the world. And, uh, and Jesus says to him, if I can't wash your feet, then you have no part of me. And then Peter's ready to jump into a shower. I mean, he is so thrilled. And that's the way it is with us writers, is that we are servants, and a servant learns to lead by serving. So Mm. I can't teach, I can't speak, I can't write unless I am first willing to serve. Mm. And when Jesus hears those things, that's when he smiles that's when he says, well done, good job. It's like, I'm so proud of you. And that's what I mean when I ask, if Jesus read my work, would he say,
0: well done, good job? That's Mm. what I mean. Mm. So good. You said the next question to ask ourselves is if Jesus read my list of priorities. (laughs) That's the word. If he read my list of priorities, would he see his name first? Ooh. We're going to disappoint
1: him Mm. if we don't list his name first. You know, I always say that we need to um, start each day in prayer and Bible reading, flipping not on the computer screen, but turning our spiritual devices to Jesus. That always has to come first. We have to get our our marching orders. And I'm using some analogies here, servant, um, soldier, but that's what it's all about. We follow the sovereign Lord. Whatever he asks of us, we have to be willing to do. Whatever he wants us to endure, we have to say yes. We have to crawl up on that altar and say, yes, Lord, you are first. You are our priority. You are the greatest communication device ever because we don't have to flip a switch. We can be off the grid all the time. And we have our Father. And, you know, sometimes when I'm writing, I feel like he puts his hands on my shoulders and says, oh, Diane, is that really what you want to say? (laughs) Sometimes I think he chuckles. Oh, that's good. That's priceless, Diane. You may want to take another look at that. And I love that. I love that about our Lord. He is so much on our side. He's such an encourager that he can point out little things that we need to tweak or big things that we need to tweak. And it makes our writing so much better. You know, how many times, and I'm asking you this, Linda, so I'm putting you on the spot.
0: All right, I'm ready.
1: And and the listeners, how many times have we gone to bed with, I just don't know where this writing project is taking Mm. me? I don't know what needs to come next. I don't know what my focus is. I feel like giving up. And we whisper that prayer. And the Mm. next morning we open our eyes and we have our answers.
0: Amen.
1: Uh, I love that about our God.
0: I, I will tell you, Diane, you're speaking straight to me because that happens. It happens on an ongoing basis. When I'm in the midst of, or the throes of discouragement with my writing or have that bit, little bit of confusion where I'm going, Oh, this direction, that direction. Oh, father, you're gonna have to help me here. I have no idea. And when I am still, and Sam will say, that's normally when my head has hit the pillow. And after about five seconds, he goes, Linda, you're out. You're still And it is so often, Diane, during that time when Father just reveals to me, think about this, this can happen. What about this? Because it's the Holy Spirit in us that encourages us and speaks into our day to day. I truly believe that that's who it is. It's not Linda and her own little old self coming up with all of these amazing thoughts or ideas. It is God in and through me, and I give it to him every single time. So I'm right there with you. Yes, many times I go to bed that way and wake up refreshed with a brand new thought or one where it goes, there's the answer. That's the answer I was looking for. Fabulous. All right. Now, you said the third question that we should ask ourselves. If Jesus read my work, would he see himself? Wow. All right. Take us on this journey. I believe that every one of a Christian
1: author's books should contain at least one character who solves their problems and experiences the world through a Christian worldview. There could be no prayers. There doesn't have to be the mounds and mounds of scripture or a character sitting in church. None of those things need to happen to show Jesus. We Mm. show Jesus from the heart of the character and how that character looks at the world and how that character solves his or her problem or goes after a goal, when that character's habits reflect how Jesus lived and how he told us to live, that says it all. The reader will see Jesus, even if that reader has no concept of who God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is, they are going to see a character who's different, is totally, totally different. I like to think that we Christian writers are farmers. We are planting seeds for the kingdom. We're writing to entertain as, as fiction writers, which I predominantly am a fiction writer. And because of that, I, I want that non-threatening environment of showing Jesus to the world through a story, whether His name is mentioned or not. To me, that that says it all.
0: Mm. Diane, I'm going to kind of dovetail into this as well, because we know that as writers, we will be asked to speak, and in our speaking that question would come into play as well. If Jesus listened to my talk, would he hear about himself? And I have a story. I was contacted several years back by an organization, an international organization, and they were having their annual gathering in the San Antonio area, downtown San Antonio. And the woman who was coordinating everything, bringing in the speaker, doing all of this, she found my website, which if you go to my website, you know, Linda is a woman of faith. She believes in Jesus. That's all over and you know that's there. Well, she contacted me and she said, Linda, I like what I see on your website. I'd love for you to come and give a keynote to our organization. We'll have over 500 people here, but they're From all faiths, and would you be able to come and give us a talk that would encourage them as leaders, but have it not be faith based? And I said, Well, let me pray about it, and I'll get back with you and tell you if I can. And if I can, I'll let you know what it is that I'm going to talk about. And when I got off the phone and I sat back and I said, you know, Father, this is a huge opportunity. And, you know, I always include you in everything I do. I said, you know, if I'm talking about gardening and I talk about Jesus, you know, that was the same with my radio show. And I said, I, I don't know. I, I don't believe in the someone's going to hire me. I'm going to go in and I'm going to give them something that they didn't ask for. I don't believe that's right. If, if I agree, then that's what I present. And I had just come up with a talk, The ABCs to a Joy-Filled Life. I spoke this, wrote on this to faith-based audiences. And in my spirit, it was, you can share that. And I said, okay, well, I use a lot of scripture. But it was, well, you don't always have to use scripture. I will be recognized in truth. And Diane, I'm going to tell you, it's exactly what you said. I went, I shared, and I spoke for 90 minutes to this group. And when I finished, the crowd erupted and there was more than 500. And it was not just women, it was men and women. And I had two huge tables of resources in the back, which were all faith-based. And everyone rushed to those tables and there was not one item left on that table. And the gal that went with me, she was my surrogate mom. And Carol, when we finished, she was like, what just happened? And I said, you know, I said, it's in my spirit. It was like Jesus was saying, I will be found. I am present. All you have to do is speak truth. When you speak truth, it will resonate with the hearts of those who are listening and they will seek me. And that's exactly what you are saying right there. We can speak truth, but we are to speak truth, right? We're not to pull back. We're not to say, oh, well, I won't speak truth because I don't want to offend somebody, right? Talk on that.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know whether to to giggle with your story or cry. That's how sobering and yet wonderful it is. We are called to be light, and light is going to shine in the darkness whether we use scripture or not, and that's what we're called to do. How many people have been intrigued and gone after God from hearing truth? Just hearing truth, like at the speech that you gave. And I've done that too. Would you please come and talk at, at my chamber of commerce? And and would you please not talk about God or anything of that nature? Talk about truth. Truth is universal. You know, it's it's our integrity as mm-hmm. Christian speakers and writers. Integrity is who we are. It's the truth we live by. And we're not about to compromise when it comes to who God wants us to be. That's the difference. You know, Linda, I read something, it was on Sunday, and it was a line that I had to double check the facts. It said that 400 Christians die every day because of their faith. Now, if those people are ready to give up their life for Jesus Christ, who are we to say in our writing and our speaking? Well, I've got to make sure that uh, everything I write is tolerant for what they will accept. I don't think so. I don't think so. We can embrace and love and hug and show truth, and it is God. That is what is so very wonderful and incredible and exhilarating about developing uh, our, our writing habits to reflect our faith. It's easy when you love Jesus, just absolutely easy. And I am thrilled and honored and humbled to be one of God's scribes.
0: Oh, wow. It's hmm. fabulous. And, and we are, and it is an honor, and we don't take it lightly. We take God seriously in all that we do. And we also embrace his humor because we know he has to have a little bit of a funny bone somewhere because, you know, I wake up with me all the time and I go, yeah, there's got to be something. He's got to have some humor there. Okay, well, Diane, we have pondered these questions and I really like them because I could take each of these questions, put it on a post it note, and put it on one of my monitors and remind myself every day if Jesus read my work, would he say, Well done, good job? If Jesus read my list of priorities, would he see his name first? If Jesus read my work, would he see himself? You shared with us the importance. Of each one of these, when we take ourselves seriously in this job and go, all right, really, what are your habits reflecting? But you're not leaving us there. You have five tips to ensure that our writing habits reflect our faith. Let's start with number one.
1: Okay. Number one, start each day reaching for the word, not flipping on our device to write a word. Our battles are fought on our knees. Mm. And I covered this right at the beginning because we can't ensure our writing habits reflect our faith if we're not in the faith. It's not something we spout about. It's something we live and others see it. So that's number one. Don't flip on that device to write Mm. a word before you are into the word. Capital W. Amen. Amen. Number two. Glorify God by learning the craft. Mm. All of it. Not just the easy and fun stuff. Master the hard techniques. And you know, in this day and age, the publishing industry changes daily. There's something new uh, with social media. There's something new that people are looking for. There's something I need to learn. Right now, it's all about AI. Oh my goodness, we're afraid of AI. No, we're not. (laughs) No, we're sovereign. No way. We have to, we have to know what the rest of the world is doing. We have to know the enemy before we can fight the enemy. We have to know the enemy before we can make friends with the enemy and show them who God is. So we have to know the world. We have to be aware of the world. We have to know the hard stuff. Mm. You know, it's not fun learning new techniques. It's not fun reading about what's going on in the world, the sad things, the tragedies, the chaos. But we have to know it if we're going to address it.
0: Yes, we do. We can't stick our head in the proverbial sand. We've got to be alert to the world, alert to what's going on. And as you say, master the hard techniques. If I can't get my head wrapped around something, then I need to find someone who can. If it has to be on the cutting edge, I know that it's part of what I can do. If I'm not going to dive into that quote, next, next best thing, and I'm all about that, we can't do everything. But if I'm able to learn it, I need to do what it takes. I agree with that. What is number three?
1: Number three is thank him for the do-overs, the rewrites, the bad reviews, the rejections, Mm. the pain, and celebrate our performance doesn't have a thing to do with his love for us or our Mm. mansion in heaven. Mm. You know? We're not going to stand at the pearly gates and God's going to have this checkoff list of, um, okay, how many books did you write? What were your sales? How much money did you make? Uh, None of those things. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes the, the rejections and the bad reviews, the rewrites and the whole do overs, those can be painful very painful. But you know what? Living for God doesn't mean that it's pain-free. If Jesus went to the cross and endured excruciating pain, I can rewrite a book. I can look at a rejection or a bad review and deal with it gracefully. And that's that's part of what it's all about. You know, I will say this, I don't read my own reviews. I'm afraid if it's bad, then I'll just completely shut down, lose all my confidence. Uh, I'm admitting the human side of me. And if they're really good, I don't want my head to swell and not to understand that this came from God. So I just choose not to read them. (laughs) And I I
0: always think that that's good as well. And I do the same on when we get critiques or evaluations. And there was one time when I was like, I'm going through all the evaluations and out of a hundred, 99 were very good. There was one that wasn't. And I got hung up on the one and a good friend of mine, Kathy Lip, she said, Linda, she said, all evaluations, all reviews, everything go to her husband. And he looks at them. He finds if there's a pattern, like if there's something that needs to change or something that was addressed or that stood out, which that's good to know, then that's what he would give her. She wouldn't see other things that were one-offs or that were over the top, as you said. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's a great rule of thumb to go by as well. Everyone can have a bad day and sometimes they do. And and our reading, or excuse me, our writing is not for everybody. And that's okay too. It We're not writing to everyone. We're writing to the ones who father has set aside to benefit from what it is that he is doing in and through us. So I think that's, that's beautiful. And know that it's not going to impact our life in heaven. If we don't meet a deadline or get something done. Beautiful, beautiful. What do you have as number four?
1: Number four, help other serious writers mm. By encouraging them and pointing them in the right direction. I believe that if I ever think so highly of myself mm. that I cannot help another serious writer, God may not think too highly of me. And that pretty much rules my efforts. I say serious writers because not every writer is serious, but we want the next generation of writers to have the tools that they need to be encouraged, to understand the pitfalls, make sure that they know these five tips and understand that if God is in it, he will lead them in the right direction. So I think that mentoring, coaching, being a part of a writer's group, either a critique group or simply a learning group, all of that is very, very valuable in helping that next generation, helping them grow as writers. And gosh, I feel good about it too when I'm done. Yeah, it may have been some
0: work, but I love it. And, and it keeps us focused on the focus. As you said, the main first priority which is Jesus Christ in our life. And Jesus was always into feeding into the lives of the community, feeding into those who are seeking truth. And yes, this is our community. This is who we are part of. This is that's what we do here on your best writing life. We feed into fellow serious writers who are ready to take that next step. What is that one for me? And to be able to give them valuable information. And we're not asking them for anything in return. It's, we have this, take it, run with it, bless the kingdom, be blessed by it, and to God be the glory. So I love that. I love that. All right. You have us, Start each day reaching for the word before flipping on our device to write a word. Really love that. And knowing that our battles are fought on our knees. Number two, you say glorify God by learning the craft, all of it, not just the easy stuff. So we've got to master the hard techniques. Then you say, thank him, thank father for do-overs, for rewrites, for bad reviews and rejections. That's all part of our journey or as you would say, our adventure. And then to celebrate that our performance in publishing, in the publishing industry, doesn't have one thing to do with God's love for us or our mansion in heaven. I really resonate with that, Diane. And then number four, help other serious writers by encouraging them and pointing them in the right direction. So powerful. Which brings us to number five.
1: Number five, accept social media is not about us, but a means of showing care for others by establishing genuine relationships. I want to take just a moment here to express how I feel about social media, and I refer to it as a ministry. Social media doesn't sell books. Mm-hmm. Social media establishes relationships. Social media means in in my little small world of knowledge, if I have something that can help you, you can have it. It's, it's yours. I just want to help. And with that outlook, we are making friends. We are helping people where they are. And they may be people we never meet this side of heaven. But it is about the Father. It is about love. It is about the gospel living in us. It's about evangelizing through what others see and they want it. What is it? You're you're like a magnet. I'm attracted to you. What is it? What makes you different? And how can I get it? Mm. So that uh, that's my fifth.
0: And and with that as well. I'm going to do a flip side on that number five. If we are looking at social media as establishing, and I love the word genuine relationships and we're like, okay, there's a lot of people out there. We really don't know, but if they interact with us, we are establishing genuine relationships and not to use it. We are Jesus first, not to use it to tear down, to be disgruntled, to speak ill of others, to beat people up, to spit on someone, to have anger, to use any, don't do it for that. That's what everyone else does. Don't do it for that. Let your social media be a place of respite. That's what I'm hearing from you, Diane. Let Uh our social media be a place where people come and go, oh, I can breathe here. Oh, okay. I'm not being beat up. I'm just finding inspiration, encouragement, love, and the little caveat, not compromising, but genuine love as God loves us. Mm.
1: Wow. I think we could pass the collection plate, couldn't we? <laughs> we, we can do that right now. We, no. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. You know, it's, it's, um, being called to write is a ministry, just like social media is, because we're called to communicate truth through the written word, and if we get to speak it too, that's that's an extra bonus. Amen. But I am I am so humbled, and I've said this before, uh, of the fact that when Jesus said, "Diane, I'm calling you to write," <laughs> would this happen to me? If we have a second, Um, I was sitting in church choir and I thought I felt someone tap me on my shoulder and I turned around and no one was there, but it had my attention and I should have been listening to the sermon, right? And this whisper, I want you to write. And I knew who it was. It gave me chills. You know, the kind Mm. where it comes up the back of your neck and and your arms. And I said, why me? Why not any of these thousands of people who were sitting out in the congregation? See, I didn't call them. I called you. Hmm. And hmm. so my little inner voice says, what do you want me to write? Hmm. And he says, about me. And, I, you know, I've clung to that uh, for a lot of years about me, how to live, whether it be in the writing world or whether we are a doctor or a lawyer or a bank teller, a mom, a dad, Mm. but to live for him.
0: Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. I love it. When father calls, he will equip and he will open doors that no man can close. And we trust him in it and we walk in it. This has been, this has been beautiful. Thank you so very much. And folks, guess what? If you didn't write down those five tips to ensure our writing habits reflect our faith, no worries. Diane has already created a downloadable PDF and it's in our show notes. So you get to go there, click on it and download it yourself and have it for your records and put it on a card. Put it somewhere where you are looking at it And you're going, okay, this, this is how people will know that I'm walking out my faith in my life as a writer. And it's just beautiful. And I have so many links in the show notes for you to be able to connect with Diane Mills, to have conversation with Diane Mills, to find out what's going on with Diane Mills. Oh, My friends, Diane is a giver, giver, giver. And you will be blessed with every connection that you have with her. Every connection. And please sign up for her blog. Make sure that you do that. There's so many things that Diane will send into your inbox, but they're not wasted. She doesn't send any time wasters. What she does is she equips and she encourages. And you can hear her voice in every single thing that she writes. So good. Diane Mills, thank you so much for being here with us on your best writing life.
1: Oh, you are so welcome. And we've had such a wonderful, worshipful time. I'm kind of glad nobody can see me because a few times I had to blink back the tears, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's our passion. That's, that's the joy we feel for what we are doing and your ministry, your podcasting. Oh my goodness. That is heaven sent, heaven bound, and it's just laced Mm. with
0: blessings. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, friends, for joining us. Please take a moment to share this podcast with another writer or two. Give us a star rating. Post an episode review. When you do that, it raises your best writing life in the rankings. And what does that mean? That means other Christian writers who are looking for solid, Information for help in their writing, it raises it so they can find it. Every time, if you hit that star rating, if you write a review, subscribe, ask all of your writer friends hey, you need to go out there. We're on every podcasting platform. Go out there and subscribe to Your Best Writing Life because then other Christian writers who are looking for help, they're going to find it and they're going to be equipped to experience, to experience their best writing life. I greatly appreciate it, my friends. I appreciate what you have to say about your best writing life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And more so, I appreciate what you choose to write for the kingdom. It is all about God in us and through us, is it not? Oh, indeed it is. Great reminder from Diane Mills today. Thank you, my friends, for being here. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on your best riding life.